The question is, Matt, what would you do eight, ten hours a day, even if you weren't getting paid for it? Ever wish life had a... <clears throat> ever wish life had an undo... Ever wish life had an undo button? With over 30 years' experience in the creative industry, Matt and Dylan spill their secrets and share their insights about business and design, all to try to save you an undo. This is the Command Z Show, presented by Made by Things and Mingus Design. What are you working on, Dylan? I'm working on a couple things that are pretty exciting. My workload right now is booze and cannabis. <laughs> two two things which I currently don't use. Yeah. Um, but that makes it pretty interesting because I can come at that from a pretty objective standpoint. The cannabis stuff is mind-blowing. And I yeah. there's a lot of details I can't give yeah, yeah, yeah. out of, you <laughs> know, just respect for my client. But this is all medical issue in Ohio. Uh, cannabis products, hash included and I'm learning a ton it's fascinating I'm watching people get high and <laughs> learning all the technical aspects things I never knew which yeah. is part of why I love the work because I get to learn new stuff you know at least at this point vicariously and then the other client is uh, to name them specifically is Middle West Spirits in fact as we're talking I'm standing here in a shirt covered in high gloss black paint from uh -huh. a job for their new facility on the south side of Columbus actually not too far from my office which is convenient so that's what's on the plate mm. what about you nice is there well before I before I do that I gotta ask you this question this isn't this isn't the question <laughs> but uh, I'm curious is there is there any like industries that are off limits for you like if, if you're like I don't know, like tobacco or something like that. I don't know if you'd be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's cool. Let's try. Or do you have certain things that you'd be like, absolutely not like. Yeah. Great. Qu great question. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's two that come to mind quickly and tobacco is one of them. I used to smoke one of really? the dumbest. Yeah. One of the dumbest things I ever did. I was running and smoking at the same time. I mean, not <laughs> simultaneously, but you know what I mean? I was, mm -hmm. I was like William Hurt in the movie body heat. If talk about dating me but anyway he's he would run and he had a pack of cigarettes tucked up in his shirt um that was almost me and then i figured out that it's just one of the dumbest things you can do to your body so i quit a long time ago um so tobacco's one porn's the other i yeah just couldn't i couldn't stomach yeah the, you know supporting that so I never thought about that from, <laughs> I mean, from, for me, from me, from an animation perspective, porn is definitely off limits. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's, that's going to get weird. Um, I don't even, yeah, I would say tobacco is probably off limits to me too. I, I definitely borderline on like certain fast food restaurants too. For the most part, I've, I mean, I've never mm -hmm. said no to any of that kind of stuff, but it definitely makes me feel a little bit weird. Um, and, you know, politics, honestly, is another one. It gets kind of weird for me because, you know, I, I don't consider myself, you know, w hard one way or the other. But at the same time, I, I definitely lean one way, <laughs> lean more one way than the other. But, you know, it, it comes to a thing where if somebody asks to do anything political, it's like, well, 
I, I kind of have to understand the candidate first. Like, I'm not going to, like, sit here and try to help a person that I don't believe in win because that just doesn't really make any sense, you know. Uh, to answer your question, um, honestly, right now, I'm, I'm working a lot in... Uh, so we're at, the, we're at the end of the year, trying to plan for next year, trying to wrap up things, get taxes ready and stuff for next year. Um, try to set the budgets, trying to get the team set up. As, as much as I can anyway, prepared for the year to come. And uh, yeah, we, we have, uh, I don't know, probably five or six different projects we're working on from uh, some like simple motion graphics pieces, some 3D animation, and um, some hand-drawn stuff that we're doing as well. It's, it's pretty much everywhere at this point. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's the one thing in that mix of projects right now that you want to do more than the others? Oh man, honestly, it lately, I mean, the last year or two has been less about styles and more about just let us, let us find the story and let us tell the story that's there. And I know it's super annoying and I don't know, really cliche that everyone says they're storytellers and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. that's, that's really what I probably find the most gratification in is, is being able to tell those stories, to be able to ask those questions and formulate that story on our end and um and tell it you know um one of the one of the big things that you know over the last couple of months stuff i'm posting on linkedin and stuff is really all about getting away from that more traditional advertising and like um i don't know just kind of pushing messages and do more you know less explainers more brand films where we are telling those those meaningful stories like that people can actually relate to um, and I guess it kind of goes back to what we were saying a little bit ago. It's like, you know, we want to, we don't, we don't want to sit there and just push product all the time. Sometimes we're like, okay, sometimes it's sharing your why more so than the what. And when we get those chances to tell that why, it's just, it's more meaningful for everybody involved. So anybody yeah. that hears you say that just now and glosses over it i would highly gently but firmly encourage them to really unpack the why thing i don't think people really want to do that because it's really hard work but man is it it worth it it is like people want to you know they want to have that formula they want to be like okay so we'll do the um and i'm i'm guilty of this too from time to time and and like there's i I still feel like there's time for it but it's like okay starting with let's agitate the pain and then let's talk about you know introducing your product and then try to do those things and i think there is a time and place for that kind of content but i i think that it is completely overlooked where it's like okay now we get it like you do something similar to somebody else but it's like how do you differentiate from everyone else like what what does make you unique and like you said it is hard work to to do that but whenever you find those partners that are willing to climb that mountain it's just it's rewarding it's it's just really fun stuff yeah totally agree i get so excited about the idea that we are you and i matt are unique structures in the history of space and time you there is there will never be another you in terms of the molecular and and dna that's in and, and the and the things swimming through your body 
Think about that. In the history yeah. of time. Dude, that's crazy. That is fun. So when you I, talk I mean, about have, differentiation, yeah, that's a good place to start. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get yeah. let's get into it. What's what's the what's the question? What is the question? Well, I have I had two questions. I have to do a little okay. setup here. I had two questions. One is really deep, and I thought, man, don't okay. do that. And here we are <laughs> having a conversation, it. saying to ourselves, let's do a little podcast. And we yep. both know the world doesn't need another podcast, especially from two creatives yammering on. But I and I thought of that question and thought you're gonna completely and you know not completely but you're going to alienate somebody right away but i still want to get to that question however i'll start with something a little lighter that i think okay. can be followed by that question maybe in a later episode so okay the question is matt what would you do eight ten hours a day even if you weren't getting paid for it and one quick note this is not necessarily about business stuff yeah so the, the so the question is what would i do eight to ten hours a day even if i wasn't getting paid for it yeah is that right 12 hours whatever right what would you spend all day yeah. doing even if you weren't getting paid for it so i i i love this question it is something that i have been thinking about more and more as i as i build a team i find myself having a little bit more time each time I hire somebody. So I'm up to five people now on the team and I have a little bit more time to, to do something else. And yeah, I mean, in general, it's things that are going to benefit the business, right? But it's something that's been on my mind where I'm like, you know, actually, before I go there, let me let me go back a little bit farther. When, when I was a kid, you know, I was, and I'm sure you might be similar to this, but like I'm 11 years old, I have my drawing desk, and I have my little tiny stereo and I would just turn that thing on and I would just draw for three, four hours, just straight. And, you know, as a kid, I was either playing video games or drawing. That's, that was who I was. And, um, you know, I honestly, I didn't think that a creative field was even a possibility. I didn't know anyone in my life that did anything other than work in a factory. Like that was what we all did. I didn't know anybody else. I didn't have any family members that went to college mm -hmm. at this point anyway. And, um, you know, I thought that that's what my future was as well. And so my big dream was I want to be able to just do something creative. I just want to get a job doing something creative. And, you know, after I, I ended up going to college uh, for animation, and then I, whenever I graduated, it was, you know, during the, the last recession, 2008 area there where no one's hiring anybody. So, you know, this big dream that I had was all of a sudden, like, it felt like it was being taken away because nobody was hiring. Mm. Nobody was hiring me. I, you know, I was barely getting interviews. You know, I probably sent out at least 200 resumes during this period of time. And I took it super personally that I couldn't do this thing that I've worked pretty damn hard to be able to do. And I was like, well, I dedicated my life to just do this one damn thing and I can't do it for whatever reason. So I took, I took it pretty hard, but it was probably 
six, seven months later where I finally got a job um, in a, a creative job, you know, as a multimedia artist doing a bunch of different things. And that was it. I was 20, let's see, I was 21. And my biggest dream in my life I already achieved. So, sorry, this is like the longest answer to a question, <laughs> but I feel like it's all relevant. It, yeah. <laughs> stay with me. Um, Te- teeing up the ball. We got it. Exactly. So, you know, I'm 21 years old and I've already accomplished this big dream that I had. I had no other dreams. It was just, I just want to be able to do that and not have to work in a factory. And, you know, over since then, it's been, you know, adding little goals here and there, some some big, none as big as that initial one, but it's like, okay, well, I want to be able to make this much a year. I want to be able to hire a person. I want to be able to have an office. I want to be able to, you know, do these different things. And I've hit all of those things over the last 10 years. And this year for me, I'm, I'm running out of goals, honestly. And I hope that doesn't make me sound like an asshole, but... <laughs> um, I've just I don't I don't know what's next sometimes like sometimes I have these days where I'm like I ask myself that question I'm like you know what do I want to do because I'm starting to free myself up to be able to do either something else or I don't know start something new at this point and I mean you know me and I can get pretty distracted and I can start new things pretty quick but um yeah so I, I ask myself that question pretty often of like okay if if I didn't have, if I didn't need money, what would I do? So I guess it's not, it's a similar question to what, what you're asking, but it's like, okay, what if I didn't need money? What mm-hmm. if I had money coming in a different way yeah. and I could just do whatever I wanted? And, you know, it's, it's little ideas that I would love to be able just to run with. Whether they turn into big ideas later on, like, I don't know, it, it, it the thing that interests me most is coming up with an idea and and executing on that idea to get some sort of minimum viable product. Um, you know, it's something that I did with the game of creativity where I was like, a little idea, let's just put it out there and see what happens. And then it turned itself into a business and then I sold that business. And I, you know, I'm super grateful for that whole experience because it was like, oh man, I would love to be able to just come up with four or five different like big ideas every year um and just kind of see what happens and whether that's like right now for me it's like okay i'd love to write a book i'd like to write a children's book um i'd like to i don't know do things that are even outside of like digital art and be like okay i want to do more like 3d printing more like wood related projects like i'd love to be able to do stuff like that but um, for me, I think there's always a business involved because of just how I was raised. Maybe I, I don't know, but yeah. like that makes <laughs> to sense. Me, there's there. I feel like there always has to be like it's going to sound super terrible, but for me, I I love it. I love making money because it is validation of the hard work that you put into something. Like people can say like, "Oh, that looks amazing. That looks cool," and like I appreciate those things. But it doesn't mean as much to me as whenever somebody buys something that I made because I'm like, oh, like there's no greater form of validation than somebody parting ways with their money Mm. to buy something that you made. Because very rarely do people just buy things because they 
you know feel bad or, <laughs> or anything like that you know what i mean yeah uh, they buy things because they legitimately want that thing and that's that's a feeling that like i love so the long <laughs> the long answer to that question is is that i would i would build things and i don't know what kind of things but i would just build things all day long so first reaction is you're not an a-hole <laughs> you're what i'm hearing you say is you're describing a long and he- sounds like healthy pattern overall of the thing that you would like to do if money were not an object and i also hear a guy saying on one hand you know i'm running out of goals but i also hear a guy saying you got more goals in your pocket as you start <laughs> to unpack that which is great like yeah. the children's book or whatever else it might be and that's what's encouraging to me and again th- by the way there's not a right answer to this question um, yeah. But it's encouraging to me to hear that you're you're actively engaged in the practice of what you do and, and the extended practice of that, if money were no object, is what you would still do. So you're, you're a guy who's incredibly blessed to have uh, early on found uh, a niche or a pocket, you know, to be in that place where you want to be. And then... The other thing I hear you saying that I think is really important is you're a guy who is setting and monitoring goals throughout your life. And a lot of people don't do that. Frankly, I don't do it very often. I mean, I I guess I do if I had to unpack that, but I don't do it in the business sense, which is Mm -hmm. probably a terrible thing that I may have to talk about on this podcast. (laughs) Get real. (laughs) Oh, man. Why are we doing this? Anyway, can I sign up? Um, So... I'm encouraged by your answer. And part of that encouragement is, again, I've, I've known you for a while and I've, I've seen you do these things. So you're not just a guy talking the talk, but you're walking it, which is really cool. I appreciate that, man. It's, I, I like you said, I, I realize how blessed I am to, to understand early on. I mean, I think, honestly, I think most kids, they, they love making things. But it, it does. It happens at a certain point. I don't know if it's because it's just parents or some weird expectations, but they they stop making stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't I don't know what it is, but it was mostly because, you know, my my parents were so incredibly supportive. And a lot of that was probably them being a little bit naive, um, which I just I love. I love the fact that they didn't know anything about what I wanted to do. And they're mm. like, uh, maybe it'll work. It'll probably work. Just work hard at it and figure it out. Um, but but let me interrupt. That is a really important moment, I think, as a kid. Mm-hmm. If you have, a, a, you've got a few things, uh, a few types of parents. And what you just described is a parent who kind of, in a sense, kind of shrugs the shoulders and goes, okay, well, I guess, sure, figure it out. That's a whole different scenario than a parent that looks down at the kid and goes, you're an idiot. Yep. Or does some other negative type of uh, feedback that the kid goes, wow, I'm not going to pursue that again. You know, brings home a piece of art, whatever it is. You know, the parent trashes it. Whatever whatever that moment is, that breaking point, or, or a series of, you know, a thousand, death by a thousand cuts. Um, so you had parents who were not that. They were, you know, basically, again, saying, well, figure it out, Matt. Good luck. Not in a snarky way, it sounds like, but just genuinely exactly. kind of shrugging their shoulders and going, great. Uh, and then you got the third kind of parent who... You know, is showering praises on the child 
hopefully genuine um mm-hmm. and and guiding that kid and saying i see genuine talent here or i see you know this thing you're pursuing probably not the healthiest venue but i see this this thing over here that is healthy let's go that direction you know that parent who's truly guiding um i think i had kind of a mix of the of the two um good and bad mostly good parents who gave me that little bit of feedback when i was drawing things and said hey that's neat and i you know that that's all i got that's that moved me forward and like you you know plug in music and sit and draw yep did a lot of that Mm -hmm. so i so whenever i was teaching so i was teaching at ccad and um teaching college seniors basically about to graduate soon and it was it was always interesting to me to to see some of those different parents through their children mm-hmm. you know you can you can see it you can see how they act with different things you can see the ones that are like okay for better or for worse like you know i think everyone's sort of motivated in one of two ways right either motivated to prove people right or prove people wrong mm. and the people that are trying to prove people wrong are a little bit more aggressive in general. Uh, and this is, this is just my observation. I don't, there's no science behind this. It's just something that I think I see. And I don't know. It, it's interesting to, to see that, but too much of that, I don't believe in you and you crush somebody. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, especially when you, when you look at things, even like sports, you always see that, right? Because so few amount of people get to do professional sports. Mm-hmm. And people are trying to protect that kid by saying, like, hey, don't put all of your eggs in this basket. Like, yeah, that's great. It's good. Maybe it can get pay for your college, but make sure you, you know, stick to it and then be able to do something else with it, you know? And I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is, like, you can tell the kids that have no plan B in life. This is it. There is only a plan A. It is to get really good at this stuff and to be able to make stuff, whether that's, again, design or animation, whatever it is. It's like, I don't know. Does that make make sense? <laughs> yeah, we're going deep here because there's, there's some stuff yeah, you, can un, you can attach to this and unpack from it about uh, parents and guidance and... and something I mentioned, which is a hor- sometimes a horribly deep um, thing to explore, which is the, what are the things that broke you yeah. as a kid and as an adult or both that uh, prevent you from moving forward. Uh, that's a big, heavy topic. But it is the nature of the, que- the original question, what would you do eight hours a day if money were no object? The roots of that question are hopefully a positive thing that helps someone start to frame how to spend their time. You can answer that question at 40 years old or 60 years old or eight years old. And an eight year old answer is going to be a little, you know, a little skewed, you know, I want to eat cereal and watch cartoons, you know, and Hey, granted, (laughs) I mean, I watched original bugs bunny and I'm grateful for it, man. That, that formed my, that formed my sense of humor as a kid and my deep love for animation. So we can derail on that subject, right? Yeah. But as a at least a teenager, if not an, a younger adult and onward, you can start to think about that question and maybe continue to ask yourself that question as you as you audit your life, like you do, Matt. You know, setting those end of year goals, looking ahead, 
to the year ahead. So that's that's the motivation from my question is to help people, myself included, start thinking or rethinking how am I spending my time and what comes out of that sometimes for people. I know it has for me because Janet, my wife, asked me that question a long time ago. We were still dating actually. And I'm not going to tell some overly dramatic false story about and then this light went off and all of a sudden it wasn't like that. It's a thread through my life and I'm grateful she asked that question because that thread has continued and to be redundant but the, the thread has uh, um, allowed me to refine the answer and guide you know keep keep myself on the rails because Lord knows I've gone off the rails many times so well, what um, was I two questions sorry I don't mean to interrupt you here two, two questions I want to know what your answer was to that then and I want to know how it's changed now if, if at all it's changed recent more recently well the original answer was I don't know that's the honest that's the <laughs> nice. honest answer yeah and I think that's important to uh, let me bring up something that I will probably say again on this podcast, but man, I feel so strongly about it. So if, if you know, you'll bear with me to hear this at least once. One of my greatest concerns about this kind of question or any question that asks you to probe a little deeper into yourself and, and, and others is we are in a moment in history that is unique in the space of time as far as I understand. And that is we're in this moment where we all expect fast answers to everything. It's something you hinted at earlier in the talk. And I, and I give you a, my very quick, hopefully very quick summation of why this happened. I grew up in the 70s and the 80s um, when sitcoms were really coming into their own. Mm-hmm. Meaning you have a problem, a conflict, and uh, in about 20 minutes with commercials, uh, 30 minutes total, you're going to present a conflict, solve the conflict, lots of laugh tracks and, and you know, hyper spastic commercials in between yep. uh, the conflict solving <laughs> and you're out. And then within a couple minutes, you're going to repeat that process. That to me, when I look back on my, my life, that was the beginning of that process of quick answers, quick answers, quick answers. And then again, like I said, quick version of this. Fast forward to today, you've got Google setting the expectations that the fast answer should be, should be fast all the time. As fast as you can type in the question, you will get thousands of approaches to your, answer, to your question, if not you know, solid answers. And if those answers are wrong, somebody on the internet will call you on it or call somebody on it, and you'll have more validation for the answer, et cetera, et cetera. So I find this plays out in conversations a lot where people ask a question if they dare ask a question, there are so many people ready to pounce on some kind of answer that I would argue is not necessarily well formulated or grounded in truth, but they're going to have an answer because that's what we should do. Wow, does that scare me? And I feel like the old curmudgeon when I say that, but it's just a cultural shift that I've seen. So um, going back to my comment about I didn't know what the answer was back then, I think is an okay place to be. Not in some cultural uh, pandering, you know, it's okay to not know. I really do believe sometimes it's okay to not have a fast answer or not know, but um, but my hope for me and for others around me is that we, we are willing to just take a deep breath and before we, we shoot out that answer, 
which is often, again, a reaction that is giving us power or a, a reaction against fear or, or a reaction of laziness because we're unwilling to dig, whatever the thing is, we take a deep breath and go, I'm not sure, but I'm going to dig into that if it means something to you. So my answer over the long haul to the question, what would I do eight hours a day without uh, getting paid for it, is actually ride my bike. That's what I would do. I just get on my huh. bicycle, just ride my bike. Yeah. And like I said at the beginning of this, the answer is not necessarily a business-related thing or a career-related yeah. thing. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make bricks. Um, for me, bicycling is a source of inspiration and fun and um, just pleasure. It is a pleasure thing for me. So that does contribute to my ability to make stuff, for sure, because my brain's yeah. in the right place when I'm on two wheels. So yeah, that's believe it or not, that's my answer is just ride my bicycle. I love that. That almost feels like a like a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we could choose bikes. <laughs> I didn't know we could choose uh, bikes. I, <laughs> I was duped. No, I this I love that idea. Sucks. I mean, even like <laughs> even thinking about stuff like that, you know, I I don't know. I I in in I like to think in a healthy way. I am obsessed with just producing things and there's certainly drawbacks and cons to that right uh, another thing i was talking about is like that balancing between consuming and creating mm -hmm. and if my if i'm consuming a lot more than i'm creating it makes me feel just horrible if it continues for so long it will lead to a sort of depression or burnout yep and it's like no like i have to i have to create that's like i i legitimately feel like that's what i was put on this planet to do and um but like you said though i i don't think that that's a reasonable expectation for for everyone like, i'm not trying to say that i'm special in any sort of way i just was extremely focused as a kid because i only wanted to do one thing but like my uh i'm gonna say it anyway all right so my niece just recently dropped out of college this is her first year and it's because I don't think that she knows exactly what she wants to do for eight to 10 hours a day just yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I totally get it. Like yeah. I don't, there, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Like I think nope. it makes more sense to just stop doing something. If you don't know if that's what you want to do, you know what I mean? Like, whereas most people will push through, they'll get a degree in this topic that they don't even want to do, to do. They don't even like, um so like for me it's like i i think that we do i don't know if it's that everyone puts that pressure on themselves or if it's the world around them putting that pressure on them but like everyone needs to or has this need to feel like they need to decide what that thing is going to be very very early on before our brains are even fully developed and it makes yeah. no damn sense at all <laughs> dude i've um, been saying that for a long time and it was it's part of my story is i went to ohio state I had a full scholarship. Talk about coming off like an a-hole. You know, I had I had it made. I had my ticket written to be an officer in the Marine Corps, and it was a, it was a done deal. And a couple yep. of years into it, I dropped out. It's a long story. Food for another <laughs> podcast, maybe, maybe not. But the point is, <laughs> yeah. it was one of the best things I could, I could have done was to just drop out and um, take some time off, uh, find my way out of there which meant enlisting in the Marine Corps, which I had to do, which is, again, part of a longer story. But that led to uh, four years living in Hawaii, 
uh, Janet and I living there together, you know, getting married and um, pretty wild turn of events that I could not have scripted had I stayed in. Yeah. And but uh, going to a more global thought, your niece, other people like her, there is that expectation, and I had it too, which was, well, by the time you finish high school, you need to know what's going on. What? I'm 18 and stupid. I think I know everything, but honestly, man, you don't know. You really don't yeah. know much, if anything, at 18, no. 19 years old. And again, I sound like the old dude, and that's okay because no, I kind of am. But. <laughs> I look back and just smile and think, man, I wish someone had come alongside me and said, you know what? Get a used car and drive out to the West Coast. Just take a long road trip. I said that to students when I was teaching. I said, hey, when you finish college, your parents are going to hate me and probably call me. But you know what? Take a year off. Look at things like the WPA and what that did for the national parks. I wish we had something like that now, some type of civil service. You know, for some people, they're like, you know, I, I, people will say to me consistently over the years, I wish I'd gone into the military like you. And I always feel bad when people say that because I, I guess I just think, you know, I, I, I appreciate what you're saying. And, and sometimes it's their way of saying, hey, thanks for your service. And I wish I'd done the same. Mm-hmm. But I always try to immediately reply with, hey, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, there's things that you're doing in life, hopefully, that are uh, serving the greater good that don't include them, they're not military, that, you know, that's, that's the opportunity for everybody, whatever that might be, you know, whether it's handing out flyers for soup kitchen, I don't know, plenty of stuff out there. But anyway, all to say, it, and going back to, it goes back to the question, what would you do eight hours a day? Uh, there's opportunity out there for people that might not be in the expectations that your parents set or your guidance counselor set or maybe your first boss is driving you to believe. And that's okay for you to stop for a moment, take a deep breath, not turn to Google for the answer and go, I just want to try to unpack what I love to do. And I love what you said earlier when you were like, I played video games. Hey dude, seriously, there's a reason why I don't own an Xbox or any of those consoles (laughs) because I would buy a box of man diapers and sit there in front of the TV and never (laughs) leave the room. For real. So, you know, what would I do eight hours a day if I was, you know, even if I wasn't getting paid for it? That scenario is pretty real. So there are <laughs> there are different answers here that we have to kind of, you know, wrangle that's and true. realize, okay, that's not a healthy choice, eight yeah. hours a day. Um, yeah. Anyway. You know, the, the other thing, I guess, is I think that some people are also presented that a little bit later in life. What's that? Of like, okay, so maybe they like, okay, maybe they make that decision of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I, I enjoy what I do. And they do that for 10, 20 years. And then all of a sudden, I, I get, it, it goes to the Alan Watts, you're, you're under no obligation to be the person you were five minutes ago. Hmm. And I think that sometimes people have this conflict with themselves later on because they're like, oh, I should love this thing because I did when I was younger. But like right now, I'm just not into it i'm just not having fun with it i don't want to do that i want to do something else but they don't do it because they're a little bit further into their careers and maybe i don't know maybe money plays a role in that and stuff like that but um Mm. i don't know i I think i think it's a conflict that people can have later too you know what i mean totally it's, it's not like you decide that thing and then all of a sudden that's that's it that's your path for the rest of your life it's like if you want to shake it up and just spin this whole thing around then you have that ability as well you know yeah 
And uh, two two relatively quick things. One is that this is an ugly word that nobody wants to talk about, but there is a discipline to the consistent pursuit of something. So for me, it's drawing, right? I've been drawing since I was a little, a little kid. And, and this isn't, what's, what's the real Ro- Will Rogers quote? It's not, it's not bragging if you can do it. I can draw anything I want. I can draw any letter I want, anytime without reference, nonstop, all day long. And, I, and that's the second answer for me is if I'm not riding my yeah. bicycle, I'm drawing stuff, probably letters. Yeah. And um, yeah, my dream is to literally just go out and just paint giant letters um, or draw letters all day long. And that's kind of what I do like for a living. Type typographic Banksy. Yeah, I'm right. Just gonna start like just putting letters in different places. Yeah. <laughs> so that that discipline is really important, and it, again, it's a lost. It is truly a lost art because people in our society can take what we're talking about to the opposite extreme and go, well, "I don't want to do that anymore because it's hard." Yeah, but man, there's a value to to stay if you like that. There's something there that sparks and is and is healthy, and you you get a sense of that. But it's hard. Maybe again take a pause and say i really like what comes out of that it's just hard work and i know it's going to take a while that's a whole different conflict that you're going to have to figure out or not or just walk away from it so have have you seen uh soul pixel pixar soul yeah yeah so that's probably one of my favorite pixar movies um it you know without spoiling anything but that idea of like you know helping somebody else find their spark in life like what is that thing and that is you know in this story it's like the meaning of life is basically to find your spark whether you are i don't know young or old it doesn't matter but like we're we're always in the pursuit of our spark and i think that's what makes people really happy is whenever we are in that pursuit um yeah i don't know little thing there i guess (laughs) i can i can tell anyone that's younger that's fascinating to have spent this many years pursuing something so diligently and the only reason i've done that pursued it diligently and consistently over you know really 40 years um which you know includes my childhood of of drawing is the like I said up front, some of that was feedback. And a lot of it has been consistent feedback. I, I, I had some raw ability and somebody said, you can do that. Okay, so I did. But I also found a, there's something, in, there's an internal pleasure about the act of making. And one thing I would offer to folks who like the idea of that but haven't really found that that groove yet or that that uh, the spark is something that you do really consistently is you 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 go into different things you, you try you're still in the, the the zone here is creativity but you're you know the game of creativity that you invented or um you know the, the video projects that you do or you're you're willing to to kind of uh slalom if you will you know through this creative process and go what do we, we try that and and so maybe for someone who's who wants to make marks of some kind, lettering or painting or drawing or designing or make icons or whatever, one of the things I would suggest is try a different medium. And I know this yep. sounds really token and cliche, but you know, get off the computer. Um, that's yeah. exactly what I mean. I mean, go get a, a really nasty, crappy old paintbrush 
and some old yeah. paint <laughs> and a big piece of wood and make a letter on that. Just start retraining your brain into doing something different. I, I know for a fact those practices and those gestures and all that muscle memory stuff will inform your work. No question. But you got to go do that practice. You got to make that mess with something that's foreign. Yeah. Well, that seems like a a pretty good way to to end this one. Wrap it up. Uh, let's do. How do we? How do we want to? How do we want to say goodbye to everybody? I'm just thrilled that if anybody's listening this far in, <laughs> that you're here, <laughs> because I I love talking with Matt, and um, we've had some good conversations Same, over the years, and I think we might have a few good questions in this short series that we're going to pursue and. I hope that folks will stick around. Yeah. Same. That's it. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for um, listening, as, as Dylan said, and uh, maybe we'll, we'll hear you next week. You'll hear us next week. We'll see. We won't see you. You might see it. I don't, I don't You don't want to see us. Goodbye. The Command Z Show is Matt Vojak and Dylan Mingus. Have a question you want us to discuss? Send us a message at cmdz.show. And while you're at it, we'd love a quick review on the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.